The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 28. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the tomb and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I'm going to preach this morning in a style of sermon that I call a get-off-the-interstate scenic drive-through style of sermon, which means that for a sermon I'm going to reread that gospel text, but we aren't going to be on the interstate racing through it at at nine miles over the speed limit. We're going to to just drive a little more slowly. We're even going to stop the car once in a while and, and get out and take a look around, and we're not going to be texting. We want to be alert for the Bible's text. So to our text, Matthew 28, verse 1, After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Let's stop there. Most of you are aware that there are actually four different versions of the Easter story in the Bible, Matthew's, Mark's, Luke's, and John's. All four of them agree that the story begins when some women went out to the tomb early, early that morning, only to discover that indeed it was Easter morning. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John don't agree on who and how many those women were. More than once, someone has said to me, well, which one's right? Which one's true? Gosh, they can't even agree on that. How do I even know the Bible's true? It's a fine question. For some of us, not for all of us, some of us need to kind of work our way through some questions like that in the course of getting from, from Sunday school faith to adult faith. And I can't, I can't give all the answers that question deserves. I just do want to say, though, that in my way of thinking, the fact that the Bible 
doesn't agree on every single detail actually makes it makes it more believable, not less believable. Because in my way of thinking anyway, if every single detail was exactly the same, that would sound just a little bit like there were some books being cooked. Kind of like those, those detective shows that Kathy and I watch. And once in a while they'll say, they'll be interviewing these suspects in different rooms and then they'll get together in the break room over bad police coffee and, and one of them will say, those stories just sound a little too much alike, don't they? And the too much alikeness kind of makes them think they're dealing with cooked books, with fiction, with not truth. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John aren't book cookers. They said different things about Easter morning, just like any four of us would say different things about any morning ever, except that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John agree on one thing, and that is that this morning was like no morning ever. Because on this morning, those women who went out looking for the tomb of a loved one who had died didn't find what they were looking for. They were instead found by the love of the one whose death, whose love death couldn't keep dead. Because guess what? Love does win. Gets me thinking, I don't know what each and every one of you personally is here this morning looking for. But if Easter is as true as I as an adult have come to believe it is true, then it isn't actually most of all about what it is that you're looking for. It's about love, the love of God that is alive and is looking for you. Back to Matthew 28, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb and suddenly there was a great earthquake. Got to stop the car again. This is a scenic overlook. Matthew's the only one who mentions this earthquake. Actually, Matthew's the only one who mentions two earthquakes, one here on Sunday morning when Jesus rose from the dead. And actually Matthew mentioned one, you may remember, Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock when Jesus died dead. Now as Bible studiers go, I'm actually moderately conservative, which which means that I kind of think there probably actually was a literal earthquake on Friday when Jesus died and on Sunday when he rose. And it's just that Matthew is the only one who chose to comment on it but I'm not going to argue with anyone who wants to understand these earthquakes, not necessarily literally, but rather meaningfully, as in what Matthew wants us to understand is that this death and resurrection of Jesus stuff is earth-shaking news. Back in the car, suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has been raised as he said, come. See the place where he lay. Question, 
Why was that stone rolled away? I asked because I used to kind of have this automatic assumption was that it was so Jesus could get out of the tomb. But, you know, if you get off the interstate and look more closely and, and even just maybe think a little more critically, that's surely not the case. The stone wasn't rolled away so Jesus could be seen. It was rolled away so that the women could get in and see. Jesus, you see, didn't need help getting up from the grave. The women, like all of us, are the ones who need help to see beyond the grave. To see what? To see that Jesus isn't just someone who can make a promise like, I will die and then rise again. Jesus is the one who can and does keep the promise, I will die and then rise again. The stone wasn't rolled away so Jesus could get out and be seen. It was rolled away so that the women and us too could see and in seeing could believe that the one Jesus is the one who has what it takes not just to make but to keep this promise. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, though they die, yet shall they live. He is not here, the angel said after rolling away the stone, for he has been raised. Come, see. By the way, Matthew says the angel looked like lightning. This is not a gentle image, right? I mean, it was right there. I only can think of really one time in my life where I've been kind of that close to lightning. And this was not a peaceful moment. It was kind of a crack sizzle boom, right? And I mean, the hair stood on the back of my neck for a while. It wasn't necessarily safe. Of course, in the case of the women and the angel, the lightning didn't make a crack sizzle boom sound for them to hear. In this case of the women, the lightning said words. The lightning talked to them. We can hardly blame them for being a little bit scared, right? Although they weren't nearly as scared as were the usually scary Roman soldiers. They were guarding the tomb and they were so terrified when they saw the ground shake and the tomb move and the lightning talking. They were so scared they were now lying there on the ground, some of them shaking and the rest of them playing dead. Back in the car. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come and see the place where he lay, and then go quickly and tell his disciples he's been raised from the dead, and indeed he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy, and ran to tell the disciples. Notice Matthew says there are two emotions the women were gripped by upon seeing the angel and hearing Easter's good news. They were fear and joy. And fearful and joyful, Matthew says, they ran to do what the angel had told them to do, to tell his disciples. Gets me thinking. The faithful are not people who never fear. The faithful are people who go where God calls them to do and do what God calls them to do and be who God calls them to be without letting their fears stop them. Which, let us be clear, is something that is way easier when you are someone whom Easter has found with its risen from the dead promise that nothing 
to fear is as fearful as Jesus is alive, having faced and conquered all fearful things. By the way, another thing about books being cooked. Did you know that back then women, uh, and don't, don't shoot the messenger, but back then women were, were, were second-class citizens, okay? As second-class citizens, they were not allowed legally to testify in court because you can't believe women. Only men, first-class citizens, could testify in court, which means that, you know what, if you were going to do some book cooking about a resurrection and wanted to pass it off as true, you would never, you would never ever have the people saying it was true be women. The only reason I can imagine that Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John all say that, that some women saw Jesus risen from the dead would be that some women saw Jesus risen from the dead. Back in the car, the angel said to the women, go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. The women, says Matthew, on that first Easter morning, didn't just see an angel saying Jesus was risen. The women also saw Jesus risen. And when they did, they took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Certainly, taking hold of someone's feet implies a posture of worship. But seeing them take hold of his feet, we're also reminded of something else, and that is that this risen one whom they're seeing and worshipping isn't a ghost, isn't a spirit, because they're holding on to him. This is a resurrection that's the resurrection of a body, which the Bible says is something that Jesus will do for us at the end of our days too. And I have no idea how to understand physically, metaphysically, spiritually, how in the world or in heaven that could be true. But I do think that sometimes we get too spiritual when we think about the promise of the resurrection to eternal life that Jesus did promise. Whatever that means, heaven, wherever it is and what exactly it is, isn't going to be a place where spirits with harps are floating around on clouds. Heaven will be a place where healed and whole bodies that are raised from the dead can hug and be hugged. Every year I live and I say more goodbyes to people I love and I think of more hugs than I'm really looking forward to. When by the grace and power of God, I find out exactly what that all looks like. Back in the car in the end of our reading, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Women had been second-class citizens, but not in Jesus' world. Women are the first preachers, right? The first Easter sermon is preached by the women who went and told the guys who none of them believed them. All of them doubted. Thomas gets the name Doubting Thomas, but none of them believed until they saw him. And then they believed. And then they told others who believed. 
and told others who believed and told others who believed until someone believing told you. And here you are, believing what? Let me give you something that I believe I've been called by God to tell you, to tell you personally, whether you're a believer or a doubter or like the rest of us, a little of both sometimes. Jesus died, and he died for the forgiveness of you. Jesus rose from the dead, and he rose for you. Jesus lives forever and promises life forever, and that promise is for you. Jesus, hated to death, is now alive again and here with us. For he is love, and love does win. And the love I'm talking about is love that is the love of God for you. Do you believe? Maybe yes, maybe no, maybe some of both. Here's my Easter sermon, nutshell version. Jesus did everything he did because he loves and so believes in you. Amen and alleluia. And amen.